This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Welcome to the Ajma Show! My name is Peter Kim. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm Unji Kim, and I am your other host. It's Sunday, January 9th, 7.15 p.m. Pacific Time. We are recording, and we are uh, so excited to be back inside your ears, inside your cars, wherever you're listening to this, on the toilet. Inside your phone. Taking a bath. Inside your laundry room. By by your washing. You know what? A lot of people listen to us while they wash things. Why they do laundry yeah. while they clean? They yeah, it's kind dishes? of a throw it in the background type of podcast. No <laughs> one's like learning anything really new. This isn't like the like a what is it the daily from New York Times no. where you you're getting facts and figures. We're actually giving you the opposite of that. <laughs> We're giving you guesstimates. And wildly incorrect information. We're giving you things that you should take with a grain of salt. And that's like kind of refreshing. You know, we're not pretending to be. (laughs) (laughs) We're not giving you anything that you can share. No. Let's just say this is just for your entertainment (laughs) only. (laughs) There's no info Uh, in this tainment. It is just tainment. Just tainment, baby. You're here for the straight tain. Now, it's time for Kick-Ass Koreans. Kia! All right. My Kick-Ass Koreans. 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 Very excited. uh, Is a couple. I know. They're so cool. It's a very interesting couple. Their story is so cool. Their names are John and Katiana Hong. Yeah. They are chef restaurateurs. They both have worked in Michelin, like multiple Michelin star restaurants. Fine dining. Napa, fine fine dining, dining, LA, et cetera. Alinea. Um, Alinea has, John has done an externship in Alinea. Um, And Katiana uh, has an interesting story where she was uh, adopted by an Irish Jewish family mm-hmm. and you know was sent to like Korean camps and stuff and she hated it because as you know when like anything is different about anyone people are going to go fucking nuts yeah. and ape shit on them and pick on them so she probably felt very unwelcomed at in Korean spaces so like this is a common thing we hear is like how do I deal with my Koreanness mm-hmm. what is my Koreanness do I hide it do I bring it more uh, you know Michelle Lee, our kick-ass Korean from last week, definitely not hiding it. No, she's out here. She's very Asian. <laughs> she's very Asian. Yeah, super Korean, and she's not. She's not trying to fucking be meek about it. And um, and, and these people are doing the same thing, and they found their own way to their Koreanness. And I think that's what this podcast is about. Yes. Even if you're not Korean, if you're a Fokker, you, coming to whoever you are. Mm-hmm. In your own terms, in your own way, you're you're you know, um, you're kind of like solar return or whatever. You know this idea of yourself. <laughs> Which what is self? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which just means birthday, but <laughs> it's just a witchy way to say yeah, birthday. Exactly. <laughs> the sun comes around the same place three hundred sixty five days. <laughs> solar but the, these people. Um, you know, uh, John struggled with his own Koreanness, being of immigrant parents. His dad, his parents were dry cleaners, like our parents. Yeah. And you know, he studied uh, cu- cuisines, French, t- very like high end French mm-hmm. techniques. You know, these people are, you know, the big deal in the industries, and they and both also, ditched that. He's also from Highland Park. Highland Park. Yeah, which yeah. is an exceedingly Jewish, exceedingly yes. white, and it's also yes. pretty affluent. One of my favorite bagel places is Highland Park. Yeah, they I mean, it's very affluent. White fish salad. Yeah, yes. very affluent. So it's like it's a nice of, area. Yes, and it's a sort of yeah. ice. Um, now it is. Before it was not. It was like very, um, like underserved, and it, you know it's become gentrified now. Highland Park. But Highland Park, yeah, that's where we met you and I. Remember, there's oh, no, a fucking no, no. house of intuition in Highland Park. No, no, no. This is Highland Park, Illinois. <gasps> oh, he's not from <laughs> Highland Park, LA. No. 
Oh, I was like, oh, wait, I don't think that's right. Oh, I thought he was from L.A. No, this is Highland Park, Illinois. Illinois. It's very specific, ah, very Jewish, very affluent, very white. Oh, so that's where his Jewish yes. Um, yes. influences are coming from. Yes, and they both oh, have okay. this sort of thing with it. And I thought the part I really thought was so fascinating about their journey was like how they grew up in instances where they centered whiteness and the default regarding what the best was was mm. always Eurocentric as well. And then yeah. as they turned back around and they started to build this uh, restaurant slash deli, you know, yeah. it's like, and the thing is, is like they're coming to their Koreanness without any apologies for the lives they've led. Exactly. It actually makes them fully their own version of Koreanness. Exactly. Um, actually, I was going to quote her, and there's a great LA Times article about her, about them. Yes. Katiana says, um, in this process of opening Yangban Society, mm-hmm. which is like a tongue-in-cheek a title uh, or, or name for what they're opening, which is like a punchik jump. Yeah. Basically, you know, like high end. It's like high end. Could, yeah, yeah. Could, high end, but it's like you could get panchan, little salad, whitefish salad. So it's like a deli, and it's like a Korean American deli. Mm-hmm. Which Jewish with Jewish influences, like it's exactly my heart yes. and my stomach. That's where I want to be. You know, like <laughs> I want to put strawberry sandwich with some kimchi on it. Oh yeah, and uh, matzo ball soup with some udang. Exactly. Like I'm. That's what I'm feeling. And their their deli is the satirical approach because Yangban society means upper crust, mm-hmm. and um, Yangban means like uh, of the aristocracy. Yeah. And, you know, this is not that. They're going away from the Michelin stars. They're going away from Eurocentric fine dining. Mm-hmm. What, you know, the industry uh, deems as the highest value. And they are uh, actively going against that. And it's not something they just one day, they were like, oh, let's do this. Like, they, they really traveled through, like, their own hero, hero's journeys mm-hmm. Uh, individually and you know they started the coolest thing is they started working together at this restaurant in Napa and they were co-workers first yeah. and they uh, started dating I and know. then they started like you know uh, uh, climbing the ladder together and it was just this like very cool you never hear of this like two Korean Americans finding each other in fine dining and and becoming romantically linked I know. and then and then having this beautiful statement about themselves and their Koreanness and their identity and how food is reflective of what they celebrate within themselves. Like it is just, it's movie worthy. I know it's, there, it's, it's so cute. It should be a movie. It's so cute. I love this. It's so cute. Yeah. And it's so, um, the meat cute is cute. And even I want something, <laughs> I mean, as a Korean Jew, like, yeah, I will say that the two points of view of Koreanness coming to the Jewishness, I thought was mm-hmm. very fascinating and also yeah. like indicative of what um, K- Korean communities in America sort of are currently, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's um, what's funny is so her parents are Jewish and uh, Irish Catholic, which is the most mm-hmm. common intermarriage that occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, when you go and talk to younger, Jewish people, they think that it's going to be Asian people. And it's like... Yeah, yeah. But it's, that's, that's like a new thing. That's a new thing. But it's not yeah. the most common intermarriage no. by any search of the imagination. But no. something that it, I think the reason why it seems that way is because a lot of Jews and Koreans are friends. Well, yeah. We occupy the same spaces. Exactly. And the same sort of yeah. minority status, but like sort right. of... Uh, especially people... Um, who are Korean, who are like become more affluent, like they occupy um, kind mm-hmm. of the same space. And, and the fact that they reach the same. Well, we saw the Jews and how they immigrated. Yes. And we were like, we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even, even with regarding cuisine, like fishiness, like it's like the same sort mm-hmm. of. It, there's like things that are complementary, and um, same thing with like Korean and Mexican food. Like, I feel like it complements each other sort of nicely in very different ways, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I felt like I've always gotten along. Well, I grew up in New York, so obviously I was around a lot of Jews. (laughs) But I grew up around Jews and I always felt a kinship Mm -hmm. with the Jewish community because it felt similar, our cadence about like how we talk to our parents. Like we like 
there's like a there's like a way we talk that's similar like the east coast kind of complaining you know like uh, the opinion about everything like there's a there's a commonality there that i felt when i talked to jewish kids or jewish families yeah. that i i also did with my family yes you know and it it, it felt it felt homey yeah, I mean, it's the same sort of like put up. It's like um, everything is put upon you. Like it's the same sort of exasperation. Struggle. Yeah. yeah. And it's the, like, oh, and of it's course very, I'm going through this. It's very bizarre because like I have talked to like um, I have like a friend that's like very white. She's mm. like very Irish, like very Catholic. I don't know. It's almost like waspy. I've never had a friend like this before. And this is the reason why she doesn't understand complaining. She doesn't, that's weird to me. I mean, that's, that's weird to me. Well, how do you talk? I mean, that's the what thing. Do talk what are you about? even saying? I mean, like, what do you talk about? You have to complain you, about your life. Exactly. And even if you're not yes. actually complaining and you have perspective, you're still complaining. It's the eye of it all. Exactly. It's, it's just, the eye goal It's a little effect. bit of a whine in, in the intonation. Yes. Woe is me. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, here we go again. And it's not like you actually feel this way. You have perspective, of course. Like, you know, but. But it's fun but it's to fun. fucking. To get, take the rug out and beat it out yes. a little bit, you know, like you do the thing and then you fucking feel she want it afterwards. Yes. Like that's the whole point. That is true, truly like the complaining. And the, the waspy don't do that. No, they, they do hold not. it they in. Hold it in. But it's like yeah. a kvetch and like it's the Catholic. Yes, it's the Catholic. Catholic. That's what it is. It's, yeah. it's so bizarre the Catholics and Jews. Anyways, but the kvetch and like just like the sort of venting, chansori, chansori, like of yeah. green people. It's just like it matches up. A little bit, like the same sort of like yeah. in each other's faces. Um, yeah. And yeah. the const of uh, uh, being a people that's been constantly under attack or yes. at least identifying as so. Yeah. <laughs> of like, we have been in struggle mm -hmm. and people have tried to conquer our yes. land for, because it is strategically placed to land. Yes. You know, geographically speaking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff of like, I go, our people, our people. And, you know? and it's, we're also it's a tiny, and we're also tiny. We're both tiny populations that so occupy small. that occupy a sliver of land between like two huge. You know, it's like I, the Irish. And we run our respective medias. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a Korean Jew is unstoppable. <laughs> I mean, I really I thought this restaurant and the idea was so cool and so so cool. fucking thoughtful. Like that was the really the big part of it. I was like, oh, these bitches Very really thoughtful. thought this out. I mean, yeah. and they went to Korea, talked about the sort of, yes, you know, the type of uh, ostracization they felt, and like you know, I've that's when I think they felt free of yes. it, right? Because they felt like there was a mold to fit into, mm -hmm. but they realized that even in Korea they would not be Korean enough. Exactly, and the community and is here ultimately. The community yes. is with yeah. other, you know. Uh, Korean Americans. Korean Americans yeah. that feel this way. Yeah. And so, exactly. I mean, I, that was something I was strongly identified with. And also because they're both like people our age, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we have the same, similar sort of like cultural touchstones, cultural. Yeah, we went through the same time yes. of America. Where this like, 80s, 90s. I mean, if I had, had um, to all the boys I loved before, I would look, I would be like a hundred, I would be like 50% more normal. Like oh, less angry. Wait, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We would not be doing a podcast. No, no. We'd be like helping out with like children or yeah, something. Yeah, something like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's John says to wrap this up. The restaurant is about embracing being the son of Korean immigrants and showcasing all those things. Quote: It's about being proud and, mm -hmm. and educating myself even deeper about Korean culture and finding some closure within wow. that. I thought that was so beautiful. It's and, really beautiful. Um, so kick ass, guys. I can't wait to go check it out. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. So my kick ass Korean is actually yeah. um, the artist that created the mural outside of their new restaurant deli. Yes. He's Korean. Uh, what's his name? Dave Young Kim. Dave Young Kim. Yes. Uh, he born and raised in L.A., lives in Oakland now. Um, he, this is the, the thing I wanted to get to was 
like how a lot of his work is related to family history, memory, and identity. If you go to his uh, webpage, DaveYoungKim.com, you'll see a mm. lot of um, work that centers around um, Koreanness and like Korean people and Korean faces from all walks, right? Mm. Um, but what, strangely enough, like this is the thing when we talk about Koreanness, so often we talk about loss, we talk about anger, and that's exactly what this is as well. Um, Revenge. But yeah, specifically his inner Oh, art. wow. This, yes. this is fucking cool. It's so cool. And, um, Wait, does he sell prints? This, I was looking for that too. But in his oh artist God. statement, very specifically, he says, most of what I do stems from a sense of loss or longing, looking for a place to belong. As a child, I remember being loaded into my parents' car, paper and pencil in hand, for the hour and a half journey to my grandmother's motel in Lake Elsinore. It was a literal desert hot spring oasis. And he, was, he talks about going there and like being in this place where, you know, he, the, this like special place remains a memory and like he yearns for it, but. You know, many of his years being involved with gangs and graffiti at their height when he was living in L.A., you know, mm. he was always looking for a place to belong. But mm. so ultimately, this thematically, it's this idea of home, defining it, seeking it, losing it in our relation to it is like deeply embedded in his work. And at the at the last bit of his uh, artist statement is home is the idea that we're looking to return to the place we felt most loved and nurtured. Mm. It may or may not be a physical place or an image in our heads, but ultimately it's a lost cause. We cannot go back in time to that moment and relive it. Places morph, memories falter. The best we can hope for is to create a subpar version or do something similar for our own progeny. My work plays with that idea of manufacturing nostalgia. I document mm. the awkward relationship of attempting to, to relate, the relate the past with a brand new home, my first. Um... I know exactly it's so good as the reason why I wanted to read it but like it's I think ultimately I perfect kind of encapsulates the Korean American uh, conundrum about home because yeah. there is a sense of like there is no place we belong right? right our home with our parents isn't a place we feel fully safe or at home in because we're also so American an American society is never a place we're going to feel fully at home in because we're Korean. Mm -hmm. And so this, like, I think what's interesting is that, and as we t talk about this a lot on the pod and we go through our own journey, it's like ultimately, you know, our home that we're looking for and like, you know, we're seeking to find, it's like, it's only in this community. Right. And even if we lose it, it only feeds the Han and the Han is the sadness. And it's like, it's so funny. We can never escape mm. it. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it doesn't if, matter. If we could just, like, stay put for a second. Right. You know what I mean? And, and do it. But maybe that is, like, what makes us kind of unique, but also very relatable by a lot of different cultures. Exactly. Because it's something a lot of cultures go through. Immigrant. And even... Yeah, exactly. And especially in America, like it's something most of us go through mm -hmm. because most of us are immigrants. Right. Like there's very few Native Americans around. Mm. So, yeah, exactly. And it, I, I think it's a I think it's a beautifully tragic thing that we have to go through. Mm -hmm. But someone like. Dave Young Kim or uh, the Hongs, John and Katiana, really are taking jabs right. at um, kind of like redistricting their Koreanness. Ooh, gerrymander. <laughs> Redlining. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like someone saying this fit into this box and they're just taking the box and, you know, making it like their own squiggly mm -hmm. polygon or something. So, like, I, I think that's something that I find so I'm so grateful for 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 this podcast because I get to find out about these people who are doing the stuff that I can look at in my time in my contemporary time mm -hmm. and be like oh shit other people are going through this this is not a solitary thing 
And we hope you, listener, also feel the same way. Uh, I want to encourage you to contribute to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a Patreon <laughs> yeah, episode. I, <laughs> I, I have some hot, hot tea. Oh, I love tea. Okay. This tea is so crazy, you guys. It's... I don't even know if we can do it on the Patreon because we have... I'm just afraid people are going to, like, talk about it. But... Um, it's something literally only like three people know. Unji is one of them. Yes. Our friend Benda is another. But it is like kind of. Scalding. I, I have been told to keep it hush. And we love. And you know what? And, and everyone who subscribes to the Patreon knows we, every time we listen to it, <laughs> Peter is gambling with his show business career. <laughs> and it, we're, all, we're all here for it. It's exciting to watch. At any moment, a Patreon member is going to turn on us. <laughs> I swear to God, and they're going to like leak the audio, and I, I'm going to be done. I mean, truly, we should. I'm going to be blacklisted. Truly, we should sometimes release the video of these calls because it's me being like, no, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Please stop. And then ultimately, me just being enjoying it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, those are. I my- am flirting with disaster every time I do a Patreon. It's ex- episode, and it's but, you know, that's to watch. what it's for. It's that's why you watch. pay for it because it's fucking. It's the stuff that you, you don't want a lot of people to know. You only want, like, a certain. Oh, it's exciting little... to watch. I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah. And so, yeah, those are our kick ass Koreans, guys. Key. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Look them up, Google them. Um, support them if you can locally or whatever uh, from afar I really thought uh, Dave Young Kim would have Prince or something because he has the Hanyos yeah the um, the, the pearl the, divers the divers yeah, the divers oh my god that's so cool anyway Dave Young Kim if you do have Prince available I would love to purchase the Hanyo yeah. you know, not the Hanyo it's a Hanyo Hanyo yeah yeah um, I, I think that's such a cool cool painting anyway go check them out we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back Folks, we're back, and let me tell you, this has been the longest week of my life. The longest week. The longest. It's taking forever for this week to go. And usually, like, when a new year hits, the first week is like, oh, my God, we're already done with the new year. What is going on? I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Is it still 2021? I mean, the the Kron is doing things. The Kron is... Yes, it is. It is uh, and uh, on fire across this country. It is. Um, you know, there's a lot of places that you know. I mean, there's no place that has not experienced staffing shortages. I mean, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah. Also, you know, my son is out of. I don't know if you're aware, but the labor issue here in Chicago with CPS and the the teachers no. union. Um, Did they strike? Not a strike. It is technically a lockout. Okay. Um, what does that mean? Because CPS is refusing to allow CTU to do remote learning. Oh, God. And uh, oh God. a lot of schools are suffering the staffing shortages I just described. Yeah. So, you know, we're just out here. <laughs> <laughs> I just meant so that. your son's at home? Oh, yeah. He's here. Oh, He's God. home aggressively. I mean, we've been learning a oh, lot God. about the Star Wars universe. How are we back here? How are we, How back, are we here? back here? Why? Dude, I'm, we just did this. Dude, I'm setting up a classroom in my in this unit. Yeah. Like a full ass <laughs> classroom. Like I've got <laughs> a chalkboard. Yes. Four children are coming to my house tomorrow to be taught by. You know what? I hear this is the thing where it's like people are communally like fucking educating and yeah. I mean, this is an unlicensed school run by unlicensed yeah. teachers. <laughs> like, I mean, this is what's happening because we have is no illegal direction. As fuck. Yeah, it's illegal as fuck. Yeah. I mean, there's no direction happening from anybody. There's no actual school. <sighs> CPS famously responsible people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, the texts coming from CPS are so strangely passive aggressive. What? It's what like, it okay, so due to the CTU refusing to show up for work. Oh, God. Say, I, I mean, it's like fucked up. Even this call, the robocall from CPS was like a catty man being like, well, there's no <laughs> school tomorrow. 
And it's because <laughs> and you will receive an email from the principal. It, and it's like, it's crazy. Like, I don't understand how this is happening again. And also, I'm now responsible for the education of not only my child, but three other kids. Who are these children? I kind of got brought in by like a by like one of the moms. Thank God. Otherwise, I'd be oh, out here okay. alone. So like we're oh, wow, all wow, taking wow, wow. turns okay. to do the pod at their house. Oh, wow. Okay. Ma- all right. Masked, indoors, tested, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so, yeah. you know, we are also, you know, like we have the resources, the wherewithal, you know, like these are. And the kids are coming over tomorrow for yes. their lesson. And you're teaching? No. Who's teaching? I got a lady to do it. Oh, there's a teacher. No, she's a college oh. student. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this, wow. This is very short notice. I couldn't get it together like that. Yeah, I'm of pl- course. I'm pulling together a fucking syllabus and like putting together like a lesson plan. I thought you were like going to be in front of the chalkboard like fucking. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. Teaching a, them how to spell and shit. <laughs> I mean, like, this is the thing. Of course, this is the week where I actually have a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> Don't it end up like that though <laughs> Don't it always end up like that <laughs> so One week where I, mean, I got stuff So like I can't be there But on Wednesday I can be there in the morning So I'll, I'll do shit like that You know I was oh thinking God. This is crazy It is crazy But you know when I was like Pulling together this lesson plan And like thinking about you know like Creating themes Like I mean I'm like I'm pulling it together like an actual syllabus of a day For these children sure. to like learn about stuff you know, pulling yeah. together interesting worksheets and, um, you know, videos. And I don't know. I'm like, I'm doing, trying to do the job. And, you know, on, on the Wednesday, I was kind of like wanted to like tell them about the year of the tiger and like teach them how to use chapsticks and shit like that. And you know what I was thinking? I'd be like, it'd be nice if I just had more Asian friends because I, I wouldn't even have to have this lesson. All these kids who could like just know they would all know how to use fucking chopsticks. I could just feed them whatever. My mom could exactly. Come, you know, my mom could come over and it just wouldn't be weird. You know, right, like, right, right. Like it they're was, like, ah, whatever. It's it's the ajumas. It's the high money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like yeah. I, my mom every time is trying to get him to learn his like uh, hunger, like practice his hunger, like you know, you know, like and like practice, and it's just like he hates it. But you know, it's like with other Korean kids, she, it wouldn't matter. She could yell at them. Yeah. <laughs> and you owe her that, okay? I was just thinking that I'd be like, it'd be nice if I just had, because then it wouldn't, there wouldn't be this like cultural exchange that was necessary. We'd already yeah. share it. Yeah. Uh. You know, Ooh, that, like, that's like something that shit like now in these instances where I'm like, God damn, it'd be nice. I wish I had more. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. Ugh, where are you guys? Where is everyone? <laughs> Reach out, please. I'm available. I'm, you know, I'm really, really available. <laughs> I'm very easy to get in contact with. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Well, my week's been really long, too, and it's mostly because I am crate training a fucking dog, which (laughs) I did not know when I got this dog what kind of work goes into this. Oh, it's intense. So a puppy's bladder is so small that he has to pee every two, three hours. Right. So now we have this in his crate, and me and Eric are taking turns waking up every two three hours to take him outside uh-huh and he pees and poops and we bring him back in and we we're doing this back and forth back and forth so it's been such a long week and because i'm not smoking weed during the week right i'm not like lost in a daze and time just flying by in a cuckoo you know yeah, like yeah. oh that oh my back of my eyeballs feel warm <laughs> and, you know you're just kind of like disengaging for a while and when you disengage you know, the hours fly by. Yes. And you're like, oh, it's nighttime. Okay, I feel sleepy. You know, eat some cereal and go to sleep. You know, it's like now that I am sober during the week, there is so much time. <laughs> There's so I didn't realize when you're not high that time is longer. I told you this. You are raw dogging reality at a time when reality really? is the worst. It's really hard. Reality is slapping me in the motherfucking it's also face. It's January, dude. It's like the fucking, you know. 
Those are those are Ides. The Ides of of is it Ma- March? Ides are March, in March. March whatever. Ides but March, yeah. you know, there's some there's some shit in January too, something like that. It's a <laughs> lot. And so you know, we talked about our um, intentions right. and and what we want. And I talked about patience mm-hmm. and. It's already been tested this week, and I'm failing. <laughs> and it's because I, I'm not smoking weed or drinking, and I'm taking care of a puppy, you know, with my partner, and waking up so, and I'm not getting sleep, and da 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 da. So my shinjong is like gunduso, yeah. right? And I'm like so on edge, yeah, with my like mood. So I am now finding myself talking to this nine-week-old being. Like, like my dad used to talk, or my mom, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm talking to him like this. I'd be like, yeah, she <laughs> You know, like, screaming at it for barking. And I'm like, this motherfucker is just trying to talk. Yeah. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Because mm-hmm. it bothers me. Yeah. And I real, I took a second out on Thursday, and I pulled my puppy aside, and I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you have to apologize. Like, I apologize. You have to, yeah. And I said, yeah. you're my baby uh-huh. and I love you and this is not your fault. Yes. Me being upset, me being pissed off, yeah. me being on edge, mm-hmm. that's not your fault. You do not know. Woo, bitch, and that's also, growth. You're breaking <sighs> the cycle. Ah! <laughs> It's so hard. Oh, it's so hard. It's so, it's so hard. hard. Because you don't but, know what it's like. You've never seen an adult control themselves. Never. There's no, you have no template. Never. You That's right. You don't know what that looks like to have like an adult that like doesn't feel annoyed and doesn't lose their shit on a child. Like, yeah. you know, you've, I've, I don't know what that looks like. I've, exactly. And I, I don't know how to do I, it. I, and the only reason why I've learned how to do this is because I see friends who are better about it and talk openly oh. about learning how to do this. And like, but that's I've never seen, I don't know what this is. I mean, that's fucking crazy. Can you imagine like an adult that understood that their mood had nothing to do with your behavior? Do, does not equate. Does not equate. I cannot I, compute. I don't understand. I literally, I'm like three CPO, like yeah, short. Exactly. I literally have so much learned so much about Star Wars, never seeing these movies. Anyways, <laughs> fucking, I gotta, CPS gotta start. Um, so, <laughs> but like, I, it's, it's true. Like what you're describing, like I've, especially when Sal was very young oh. and he had no control. And so it's like, yeah. a lot of yelling and it's like, you, I could not, and especially when he was a toddler, where he would talk a little bit, like, I would lose my shit. Like, shit. where I, where Max and I was just like, you gotta go into another room. Like, you need a timeout. And it's like, <laughs> you need a timeout. I mean, it's not, it wasn't like, patron, it, he was not patronizing like that or anything. Like, he was just yeah, like, yeah. you're fucking, but you're, take a, take, take a, a breath. Cause yeah. then, and like, I usually could recognize it in myself cause it's like, you know, the rage blackout sort of yeah. shit. Yeah. Where like, you can feel yourself starting to have no control, but that is new. That is with age. That's the no, like, that's with age for sure. Being able to, that, that ramp up and having the time to recognize I'm about to go into a rage blackout. That is new. Pull myself out. Pull yourself yeah, out. That, I don't know if I have gotten there yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm now at the point where I, rage blackout and i don't feel entitled yes to the rage blackout. yeah i feel responsible yes. and contrite uh a contrite you should and yeah. and sorry and sorry yeah and it it wasn't until i yelled at a puppy <laughs> a nine week old thing yeah. like it's hard it came out of the womb nine weeks ago mm-hmm. and i'm screaming at it because it's hungry or bored or wants my attention or whatever right. you know like because it's not convenient for me and i'm like this is how my parents treated me of course because they don't because you don't know how, what else it looks to like do. yeah you have no idea how do i react yeah i mean with a child like i don't know with a dog how you discipline <clears throat> but like in that instance there's just like it's like it's condition it demat it's like conditional it's circumstantial situational i'm truly we're only doing positive reinforcement yeah so it's really hard because i've never that's another thing like 
all my entire upbringing was negative reinforcement. Yes. Or ignoring. Like, or ignoring, gaslighting, whatever, yeah. right? It was just a lot of that. So I there was never positive reinforcement. Even if I did well, it would be like, do better. You and know, it like, takes longer. Positive reinforcement takes <clears throat> longer. So it's like not but it's an your you have more well adjusted things sure. like puppies yeah right you like do, but it's like but it's harder like for you it's, it's way, way harder so hard because I have to ignore yes. the bad stuff and be like you don't know better and, he, and, and so they, I have to give him the benefit of the doubt exactly and which and it's crazy because I have one hundred percent seen him be manipulative at three which is insane but like I'm like this bitch. Is trying to play me like I'm uh-huh. a I'm a I'm a fucking fool, and then he did, this bitch doesn't know me. Like I'm <laughs> I've been living for 37 years, and I'm smarter than yeah. him. Like he can't fool me, and I like yeah. really like was vengeful and like um, so like bitter bitter about the fact that he thought I was dumb and that he was trying yeah. to pull this over on me. And I'm like, yeah. no, he's three years old, and he's never. He doesn't even know what betrayal is. He doesn't even know like what a mani- what it would mean to manipulate you. Right. This is the thing with the positive reinforcement. One, it takes longer, so much more patience, and then three, it's hard after you start doing just a positive reinforcement. Eventually, you do need to start uh, laying down boundaries. Boundaries. Well, that's another thing. Yes. It's like I, Eric, and I talked about this. It was a very enlightening moment where. I had him off leash Mm -hmm. in my yard and he was just like peeing in the place and would stay around me. Right. And then one day he decided to like run off to the back, which is not like closed. So I had to run after him. And because I was running after him, he started running faster because he's like, oh, let's play, you know. And then he went into the street (gasps) and I got I screamed, get the fuck back here, you know, like. Because I'm scared, right, first of, of course. All. And secondly, like, I need your attention. Like, I'm yeah. not fucking around. Yes. This isn't playtime. Like, yeah. get back here. Yeah. And I screamed at him and brought him back. And Eric was like, why did you scream at him? And I was like, because he was fucking running around. Like, he's not supposed to be back there. He's like, but how does he know? Like, you don't, we've never told him or we have, that's our fault. We didn't put the boundary there. Yeah. We didn't put a gate there. So that's on us. So we're angry at ourselves mm-hmm. and we're just projecting it onto them because we can't accept the fact that we fucked up and didn't put a fence there. Yes. You know, but it's like, how did I, why did I, not how, why did I assume this nine week old thing would know that going back there would be bad? Because... <laughs> Because I, I think it's because that's crazy no, and, and it's because, it's, to, ex- it's, to expect that of course but it's like that is what has always been expected of us right like right sort of follow the rules no know all the rules especially the ones know that everything you yeah especially the ones you don't yeah. know and that's the thing is like I think we talked about a couple of episodes ago about how we're always oh expecting a slap and it's yeah. like the, yeah it is truly the um lawlessness the yeah. absolute sort of like injustice of it that I think is why that drives us crazy crazy. and that's the reason why we don't understand um, justified um, anger justified responses Mm -hmm. to things we don't understand we don't understand proportional responses to anything (laughs) no we're toxic Uh, exactly (laughs) and it's always going to be disproportionate so we don't understand fundamentally like how to react to things that are because this is the thing all of this is out of love, right? Like, my calculation yeah. is the same as yours. It's like, I'm worried about you. I'm afraid yeah. for your life. I'm trying to make sure that you stay fucking alive. One of the main things I tell Saul is like, my job is to just keep you alive. So if I'm yelling at you, it's serious, you know? And like, <laughs> and it's, like, it's all unhealthy. And I'm just trying to like, you know, process it. Um, but yeah, that's, it's like, it, that is the impulse that's so rooted in fear. I think this is what I was just talking about fear afraid of about getting a puppy or even having a child yeah. is that this type of behavior coming out sure, and not just the behavior coming out the fact, but 
the difficulty of dealing with myself, mm-hmm. someone who has been modeled after bad parenting or like not bad, but like I think you wouldn't call it bad. A, a, an old world way, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, an incoherent way of parenting, yeah. and that I would have to face that, mm-hmm. and then ergo fix self, which we all know. Is the hardest thing <laughs> to fix. I don't know if it's so much about. I okay. I would say as as a person who's like as a parent, as a person who's caring for this thing, I think you'd be surprised at how little you have to recognize to kind of fix things. Mm. You can really skate by. Like, it's, it's kind of insane because what you're describing is correct. Like, I recognize I have to do that work and it's all that stuff. But it's, like, limited to my interactions with my son. I continue to be a piece of trash otherwise. Y- yeah, okay. You know, like, it's well, like, I'm, like, I'm recognizing patterns. I understand that, yeah. like, parenting does not look like this anymore. I can do that work, especially because you, and especially you, Peter, you're so self-aware. And you also, um, I think, would hate to be bad at something. So 100%. Yes. <laughs> so I think you would figure it out and find the shortest route there, which is what Possible. most most parents do because you're sleep deprived, you're doing, you know, right. you're just, you want to do your best with the least amount of effort. Right, right. So. With the energy you have Exactly. Left. So I yeah. think you would get there. And especially what you're discovering is why people do this is the joy. The feeling of the love is like really uh, quite something. It's it's quite it's when he I know it's an animal. Yeah. But when he today I, I don't want to be this person. Forget it. I can't, <laughs> I can't do this, but I am experiencing joy. I'm not gonna do this. Yes. I'll do it on I'll do it on the Patreon because <laughs> okay, and, and, No one no one needs this. No. <laughs> All I'm saying is I am Happy that I am experiencing joy Mm -hmm. with my pup. But it's not a lot of fun. And it's 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 not a lot. It's a lot of work. Yes. That is hard. Yes. And I tend not to like that type of work. Yes. But the joy is new. The joy is new. Yeah. And it is. It has like an intoxicating effect. Mm -hmm. Um, where it kind of like softens the hardness of the work. Yes. Like it's still hard, mm-hmm. but it almost makes it like worthy. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that's like a version of what happiness is, right? It's like it's like a joy you work for, you earn. Is that what it is? I don't know, but I mean, that's like part of the reason why I think it feels so fulfilling. It does. I do feel satisfied. Yeah, because it's not like, like you know. I've done a lot of times before. when things are yeah. hard. Yes. Like I'm doing hard work. I'm fucking pissed because it feels like a waste of my time. Yes. But this feels like the time is being constructive, mm-hmm. while albeit being hard. So, I guess it's a win-win. I'm so anyway, saying. get a dog. <laughs> if you're thinking about it, get a dog. <laughs> Only if you want to. Break and become and, and do the work. Uh, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't want to honestly do the work, but I am realizing that the work is being done, whether I want to. Exactly, or not. because this thing is so helpful. I'm being pulled along. It's yes, so, exactly. So, it needs it me. Needs you. It needs me, and I've never experienced that before. I'm telling you, that's the joy. It's like that's like kind of like his donkombo is like very specially yeah. like yours. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, like, I I wipe my dog's donkumo yeah. every time after he poops. Yep, you get like yeah, you. Yeah, so that's like that's yeah. like a phrase that you understand now. Yes, finally, finally, yes. I get it. And okay, I will do it because I have to share why. <laughs> Today I was on the couch and he was like laying like next to me. Yeah. But, like, I kept pulling him over, and he kept, like, giving me side eye, like, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Like, very cat-like. And I was just like, 
okay, you don't, you don't want to be around me? And I just like acted a little sad. And then he came right up to me, kissed me. And I was like, he, and then he moved my face over so that he could tuck his head in my neck, ah! the crook of my neck, and then started breathing into my ear as he fell asleep. And oh I said, gosh. I could just die. <laughs> <laughs> Chincha <laughs> hangbok, like yeah. I, yeah, that was hangbok to me. Yeah, today my son asked me if I was too old, if um, if I had any milk left in my body for to have another <laughs> baby. You need to feed him, <laughs> uh, Jay. You can't. <laughs> yeah, because he, well, he thinks he's worried that he's not gonna have another sibling, and he's like really worried oh. about me not be, me being too Has old. Has he been asking about that all the time? Really? He's really Does he have a I'm preference on younger brother or sister? I mean, you are not young. You're 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 in a like warning age. Oh, I'm geriatric. For, but I was geriatric yeah. when I had him. I'm just like extra geriatric. Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, get a dog. <laughs> I think at this point you might settle for it. You won't have to push it out. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back, and we have a great AMA. Our question today uh, comes from Twitter, and the question is, how would you spend a million dollars to give the most happiness, we're talking about happiness, to the most number of people possible? How would you spend a million dollars to give the most happiness to the most amount, most number of people possible? What is happiness to people? Um, to most people, maybe a concert. This is a hard question. <laughs> it is so this is a hard. hard question because everyone's happiness is different. I feel, but I mean, I think that like. First of all, a million dollars is not uh, doesn't it, it doesn't, doesn't go that far, that far anymore. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that out of the way. Are we paying taxes on this million dollars? I need to know more. Um, yeah. Like, is it just like a, a chunk of change, or am I getting it in installments? Tax free million. Tax free. Tax free million. million. Chunk of change. Yeah. I think that honestly, um, I would. I would like try to. I think I would try to give it to like either a shelter or like a, some sort of nonprofit organization mm. that gave things directly to people. Mm, mm, like it's okay. not like not like Salvation Army. We're gonna take seventy percent and exactly do like, not like plan count fees. Not like Planned Parenthood. Not like anything. Like this is like a like a Susan G. Komen. Yes, none of that <laughs> shit. I'm talking like the there's like a halfway house somewhere. Like something where directly people's lives will be better yeah. because the food they get will be warmer, better. Clothes they get will be better, warmer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I would try to do exactly half of my million dollars would go to that. Okay, okay. Where's the other half going? I would give, I, like, I feel like I have to give it to my family. <laughs> no! <laughs> Five hundred thousand dollars to your family? No, I mean not like who? Like who? Like your cousins and shit, or your mom and dad? I mean, I guess all my cousins are like rich or whatever, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I guess maybe like to all my ex- extended, like my dad's side, that's like still kind of struggling uh, okay. or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. You know, like give them a bunch of like, you know, 10 grand each or whatever. Okay. And then I got to keep 250, 200. I want, I want to buy a house. Because <laughs> yourself is included in in the most number of people possible. Well, I mean, it would make my mom really happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's your life work. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't. It's a tough question. Yeah, I... I think about like, okay, who needs help right now? And I think it's um, 
people who are struggling with mental illness. Yeah, like the homeless, like unhoused. I think I would try. Yeah, yeah. unhoused. I think and and or education. I'd start a or like I'd start a trust that invests the million into more money and more money, and more money that so that like we could better public education. Yeah. Like we were talking about CPS, like it's just so fucking stupid and tragic how hard it is for us to provide good education to our people. And, you know, education shouldn't be something that you have to buy into like healthcare yeah. to fucking have it. Like it's, it's stupid and it, it, it further divides class systems and stuff like that. So like, yeah, I guess have to some kind of like public education fund to like help classrooms or teachers, like just do the damn thing mm-hmm. and then have to the unhoused mental illness, uh, mentally ill people who are not able to get like treatment or help and are turning to drugs or whatever the fuck to like, cause that is like truly tragic is that we are failing them as a society. Yes. And then when they become unhoused, we go ill, disgusting filth. Wait, you're not going to keep any of this money for yourself. I don't think that was the question on (laughs) Jay. Okay, wait, wait, let me um, imagine. <laughs> now you're going back. Now you're going back. <laughs> okay, then it's I said the most number of people possible. And then I would also, yeah, do something frivolous, like do like okay. uh, like like um, you know, like I was like, have you ever like seen, an amusement park or not, something? Not like an amusement park, but like you know, like something like very random in the city that like brings a smile to people's faces. Oh, okay, like a like um, a, a, like a hug stand or something like where yeah, I, I don't know, like a, a like a concert, like a thing or something like oh, a okay. piece of art, like commissioning that. You oh, know? that's fun! Like where like that's, I love that. Like ultimately, you know, like with a bit of this, a portion of these funds, you know. Oh, that's fun! I would think I would do something like that because, like, that's cool. Because like experience stuff like that, and it, it, like when we talk about joy, like it could last. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like something that's sustainable of like, you know, like parks and stuff like that in the city. It's just, I think about all these dreary fucking horrible concrete squares that are popping up all over everywhere. Ugh, everywhere in LA. It's so d- this new house, asylum house that it's like basically it's like all white and then it, there's like a black spot on it. Ugh, no. It's like, it looks like a Dalmatian. It's like oh, a, a, like a. It's like postmodernist bullshit. Yes, like oh, where like yeah. one there's like a, a all the windows are black, but then there's like a random piece of siding Spot. that's also black. No, I hate it. It's, I, I don't hate like it. That. I hate it. It's a blight. But I'm saying I would I would try to do something. Bring color back. Yes. I Bring try, character back. I would try to do something like that where it's like the beauty of something also enhances people's day to day. That's great. I'm glad that you're not gonna give it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for submitting your questions. Please submit it them on Twitter, Instagram at Ajima Show, and uh, we'll take it on the emails at Ajima Show at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Audio.